Hello, and welcome to ChairCast. I'm your host, Diami, and this is episode two. I'd like to thank you for coming along as I work to build a sculpted rocker. I'm documenting the process of that uh, long and arduous build through this this ChairCast. Um, I want to f- ask forgiveness for the close proximity of the timing between episode two and episode one. Uh, while I'm typically thinking I'll lean more towards a weekly release schedule. Um, on the one hand, I'm not going to promise any release schedule. If I go a little long, get a little short, whatever it happens to be, I ask that you forgive this. This is kind of, you know, on top of work and kids and building the chair and just working on the shop and around the house and the penultimate woodshop blog and the Minor Woodworkers Association podcast. This is yet something else I'm throwing on my plate. Uh, I think it's going to be, of all those things, perhaps the easiest and quickest to do since there's fairly little editing and um, and I'm just kind of free talking off a couple of basic notes. Um, but that being said, I have heard some comments that the latest few episodes of the Modern Woodworkers Association have been uh, rather quiet. The audio was not as loud as it should have been to hear clearly. And I think that that was probably true of episode one of Chaircast also. So what I'm doing right now is uh, I need to do some testing to work on my audio figured while that was happening, I might as well talk to everybody about what's going on with the chair. So since I last recorded, which was only a few days ago, I think I recorded at about two in the morning on Sunday morning. It is now uh, about 10 o'clock at night on Monday night. So really only a a day and a half, two days have passed between the two episodes. Um, In that time, I've done two things, uh, three things, I guess, really, that have pushed towards the completion of the chair. Um, First of all, I signed up for Charles Brock's school at charlesbrockchairmaker.com. And um, Charles Brock is a very well-known educator in terms of sculpted uh, Maluvian pieces, uh, does the sculpted rocker, the low-back dining chair, a settee, a uh, high-back chair. He's a number of chairs, some of which are um, his interpretations of the more classical Maloof design, some of which are his own chair designs entirely incorporating the philosophy of the California round style. So um, in addition to the the books and DVDs of Charles that I have, I signed up for the class figuring I want to use every resource and he uh, he's a big part of this and he created the plans that we'll be using in the Woodworsborough Guild. So I want to show him some support and hopefully learn something from the class. At this point, uh, that was one of the last things I did Sunday night. Uh, I haven't really had the opportunity to watch the videos or read through much of it. I'll certainly let you know how that goes, but I did sign up. And it's it's a rather affordable membership. It's $10 a month with the first month free. Um, I'll certainly keep my membership through the chair build. Uh, from that point on, I'm not sure uh, whether or not it'll be worth it. I guess that'll depend on the rate at which he releases new content to the school. But... Um, I want to support him through through the school, at least while I'm building the chair, and uh, hopefully I get a lot out of it, in which case I'll gladly stay. So that was the first thing. Um, another thing I did was I finally packed up my table saw blades, and my actually my miter saw blades, and I shipped them off to Forest to be sharpened. Now, this is something I probably should have done about two years ago. Um, I have two woodworker twos that are too dull and dirty to use effectively. And I no longer have a chop master in my miter saw that got sold with my old miter saw. I do have a pretty good, say, high medium grade 
DeWalt chop saw blade. Um, actually, that, from my old chop saw that uh, was in desperate need of sharpening. So I took those three blades and I packed them up. And they were supposed to go in the mail today, but they're actually sitting in the backseat of my truck. And with any luck tomorrow, they'll go off in the mail to Forest to get sharpened. Um, I was toying with buying a new com combo blade for this build. And as I get more into it and I learn more, I realize that um, I'm going to have to build a cross-cut sled and probably pick up a new fancy miter gauge for the build. It's a very tool intensive build. So I'm thinking if I get these blades sharpened, then I don't need to buy a new blade. And um, ultimately I may buy a blade anyway, just so that I have two that I can swap out when one gets dull because of the two woodworker twos I have, one is the typical alternating top bevel grind and one is a flat bevel grind for like box joints and things like that. So. I know there's a couple of spots where we're going to use a sled and use it to hog out what's essentially a mortise uh, with a series of cuts just sliding over a little and a little. And I'm thinking that that flat grind woodworker too is going to do a nice job of keeping a nice smooth or a smoother bottom to that uh, to that mortise. So that's kind of a sp even though it's a woodworker too, it's kind of a specialty blade. So. I may end up picking up a second, not a second woodworker two or a third woodworker two, but a second general purpose blade that I can swap out with my main woodworker two so that between the two I always have one that's sharp and one that I can send out for sharpening. Um, that's probably not going to happen as part of this build because again this is a very tool intensive build and I need to pick up a couple more tools, but that's an ultimate plan. And then the last thing that I've done since the last time I recorded was I picked up four casters, and that's for the sanding cart. And I've kind of wrapped my head around what I think is what needs to be done before I start the chair proper. So in Chaircast 1, I talked about the cart I'm building that's going to hold all of the various sanders. The goal is to try to get all of my rounded head sanders and to the two grinders onto this one cart and eliminate a ton of sustainers and free up a bunch of wall space and just win some more space in the shop. It's going to do two things is win me space and allow me to easily access the different sanders through the sanding process when I'm working on the chair. So right now the middle of the shop is the, the bottom carcass to that cabinet, uh, to the cart. Um, and some of the other things I've realized I've, I'm going to have to make prior to the, the guts of the build is, as I just mentioned, a crosscut sled. I, I built a very nice one for my last table saw. And I replaced my table saw about six years ago, and I've not bothered to build another one yet. So I need to get off my butt and build a cross-cut sled. That shouldn't hopefully be too big a project. Um, and, uh, and as I mentioned before, I need to pick up a better miter gauge. I happen to have a Delta contractor saw. Um, it's a couple models old now. It's about six years old. Uh, it's a very good saw for what it is. I would like love to upgrade to a cabinet saw at some point, but... For a contractor saw, it's very good. It's got the full cast iron extension wings. Um, it's a horse and a half. It's got plenty of power as far as I'm concerned. It's not a monster, but it cuts what I need it to. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm fairly happy with it, all things being equal. The stock miter gauge that came with it is nice and beefy, and it has a sacrificial wooden fence attached to it. I use it all the time, 
but I leave it at 90 because it doesn't have good registration of different pins and I'm not confident I can bring it back to 90 if I loosen it. So I've essentially used it as a, as a half-assed miter, uh, table saw sled and I use it for cutting things to length, but again, it's only at 90. So years ago, I picked up an Incra 1000 SE miter sled and I will probably never buy another Incra product again. Um, it was a complete waste of money. It's it's a pain in the ass to adjust and set up. And yes, you can lock it into a million and one different angles. I don't care. Um, I'm not cutting a million and one different angles. And it's so tedious to adjust because of all these little indents it has. And you unscrew this and that and the other thing, slide it over, lock it back in, screw this, that, and the other thing, and lock it all back together. It I never really came to peace with using it. I came to terms with using it. And then to top it all off, the vertical face is not perpendicular to the top of the table saw. So I never got it to the point where it was perpendicular and would create accurate miters. It ends up creating compound miters because the face is at a slight angle and it can't even cut 45s cleanly because of that. And for this really expensive piece of equipment to then pull it apart and start shimming and fighting with it, I, screw it. I'm going to give it to somebody. I'll be very upfront about the issue it has. And if somebody wants to invest their time into it, I'm sure they could get very accurate cuts with it. But um, I don't. I neither, neither have the patience nor the desire to put any more time into it. I'm, I'm fairly disgusted by it. So all that being said, I'm going to pick up an, another miter gauge. I'm toying with perhaps trying to do the miter cuts on my miter saw. I have a Bosch Glide, and I find that saw to be absolutely dead-on accurate. But... I don't know. I think it might be easier to, to follow the exact same way that the instructions are going to be and to just use a good miter gauge on the table saw. So that's something else I'll have to pick up. Beyond that, as I stand around and look at the shop, I don't think there's anything else I'm going to need to pick up. Oh, there's, I'm going to have to put my, my router table together. I've had the router table for a while. I picked up um, a woodpecker's fence, I believe, at a woodworking America probably. And I've picked up a scratched woodworker's uh, phenolic table. And I have a Jessam router lift, one of the ones that were made in China that Jessam sold off for $100 a piece. Um, and a used Porta Cable three horsepower motor. So I have all the components to build a, what I think is going to be a very nice router table. And I've assembled them over the last couple of years. I mean, the newest component there is my woodpecker uh, fence. And that was two Woodworking Americas ago that I bought it. And I've just not set any of it up. So I know the router table is going to be a pretty important tool for the build. So that's another thing I'll have to do prior to the, the chair proper is to assemble the router table. So that's what I'm doing now is kind of bowling through these projects that I have to get done in preparation for the chair build. And hopefully with a little bit of time here, a little time there, and some weekends, um, I'll be able to get through them as quickly as I can and then try to keep pace as best I can with the chair construction that Mark's doing in the guild. Mark was very upfront with talking about how he's kind of figuring it out as he goes also and recommending that people are kind of a little bit behind him so that he can work out the kinks before they jump into it. I appreciate that advice, Mark. I don't think I'm going to have a problem with it. So, uh, so that's where we stand. Again, hopefully this is going to be loud enough. I'll, I'll play with it a bit and, and release at least what I hope will be better than the last time. And I guess in the two days, I've wrapped my head around a lot. I won't say a lot of progress has really been made, 
but of kind of mentally making the list of things I need to do before the chair proper. Oh, and to top it all off, I need to finish the trophy that's taking up um, a bench space. So I'll have to assemble that also. So that's where we stand. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to learn more, you can check out certainly the Wood Whisperer Guild. I, I'm building along with Mark in the Guild. Um, you can check out charlesbrockchairmaker.com. And you can always see more about my stuff at penultimatewoodshop.com and at modernwoodworkersassociation.com. And if you care to, please tune in for the Modern Woodworkers Association podcast. You subscribe to that. We interview other woodworkers who actually have talent and skill about every two weeks. So hope you'll enjoy that. Thanks and uh, stay safe.